just like that. Second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Sixth and Peabody, our location for Outkick Studios. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Outkick.com slash watch is where you can go to stream all the great uh, programs live. Outkick.com slash watch. It's pretty simple. Uh, you go to the site, you scroll up, you see at the very top, watch, you click that, and then if we're live, you'll see us right there. If not, you can scroll over, click uh, Hot Mic or any of the other shows for on-demand programs. That's where you can get the show in full uh, portion of our show on YouTube uh, each and every day as well. You can see that at uh, the YouTube page. Just search out OutKick and hit subscribe. When in doubt, what do you do with the show? You watch it, so just click watch. Just click watch. Whenever you get confused, just hit watch, and you're good to go. Then uh, go over to the shop. Get some gear while you're there. Chat, um, got a great uh, story about you being out with uh, Bullock. Bullock's told the story on the show yeah. uh, where a fight broke out. And you want to give you the quick, uh, yeah, condensed version yes, of it? The, give us the 30-second uh, version. Good buddy of mine got into a fight with a guy who turned out to be a Delta Force Army Ranger type. Uh, trying to get into an Uber, leaving a Christmas party. Uh, alcohol was involved. No. Uh, Delta Force guy beat the hell out of my buddy. I had to run inside because his other buddy was fighting to try to get reinforcements. And I ran straight to Keith Bullock, former all-pro NFL linebacker. Keith Bullock rushes who, who outside to me. Who was willing to, to be me. a reinforcement. Willing to be a reinforcement. Rushes yep. outside Love with me. But by the time he gets outside, the other guy's just getting in their Uber. And my buddy's laying in the bushes, <laughs> lifeless. And Keith Bullock looks one, takes one look at the situation and says, these guys don't want to fight. And he walks right back inside. As calm as can be. He assessed the situation, and he said, these guys don't want to fight. Why are you bothering me? And he went back inside. K-Bull. And enjoyed the rest of his night. Yeah, who uh, would work out uh, at, with the Titans wearing his uh, Timberland boots. He would. Yeah, he came to work, and he, I mean, he would come to fight if you needed backup. A dude who had so, much, so many problems losing weight during training camp that he would eat ridiculous amounts of fast food. That was his training for camp. Back in the day, because he would just start losing weight like crazy yes. during camp. Um. So he would he would be a part of it uh, for reinforcements. Which which side needed reinforcements? Uh, well, you've got Texas A and M Commerce who won the game over um, Incarnate Word, and then a fight broke out in the handshake line post game. Uh, who won this? Let's be the judge, chat. We can only watch this one time apparently, uh, but this is a legit brawl. This is a legit fight between the two teams after the seventy six seventy two final. Uh, hard to tell who's winning what here. But the Southland Conference, well, they've got issues. Well, look, if we're showing a clip of anything where there are more people on the playing surface than in the stands, yeah. which is happening here, there are way more people involved in this brawl than watch that game by the look of the, the bleachers. Detroit not, Mercy not, could have used... Uh, not seats, bleachers. Those fans. Yeah, the bleachers behind them. The one Detroit Mercy fan did not even check out that game. But there are so many people involved in that brawl. And it goes for a while. I mean, there is a haymaker thrown late, two of them. That's what we Where someone show. comes and that. sprints over, and it is nuts, uh, this fight. So so both teams throwing punches, landing shots. So I'm sure there's something written about it at Outkick. You can watch far, the full video. Yeah, there. far too often, Outkick.com. Far Not too watch. often. Outkick.com. I think the, you know, the brawl or the, the fight headline or the, the the way we refer to something like especially major league baseball where you know bench is clear yeah, normally it's these guys don't want to fight when you yeah, actually go and just, watch you, it. everyone grabs someone and you just kind of wait it out right um not necessarily in the nhl anymore because you can still fight but we don't see it nearly as often we can't even have the jacked up segment for the nfl uh, this was an actual legit 
it uh, was payoff uh, for the for the. And I sent it to you guys last night because when I saw it, I too thought for a second, oh, this is going to be much ado about nothing. Maybe a jersey gets ripped. Maybe an old assistant coach gets knocked to the ground. It was a good minute and a half fight. But then I watched it and I, I thought to myself, no, this is uh, unbelievably cool because everybody is going after it. It was uh, it was awesome. I'm trying to find the um, the record of these two teams. Uh-huh. Only because, Hutton, this was a situation where I feel like both teams just kind of said to themselves, I- I'm prepared to not play again <laughs> this well, season. But you know what they said? They, <laughs> you know, like the way that you – you know what I mean? They, the just, way, uh, they just said we apologize for our behavior was their official statement. Texas A&M uh, Commerce, by the way, 9-4 and four second in their conference. So they're pretty good. Uh, they won this game. Incarnate Word, that is UIW, they are 3-10, and 8-18 eight and 18 overall. So maybe the Incarnate Word folks decided they get regulated I'm, to I'm another. I'm fully prepared for my season to end right now. I'm going to throw so many punches that the conference, the Southland Conference, is going to look over this and decide, yeah, these guys aren't playing anymore this year. I think they're ready for that. A lot of that, hatred in Texas. That's to happen. How about the official statement from both? The University of Incarnate Word and Texas A&M University Commerce apologize for the behavior exhibited by our respective men's basketball programs following the game on Monday night. There's no place in college sports for such actions. And sportsmanlike conduct that occurred after the game does not reflect the values of the universities involved as well as the Southland Conference and their member institutions. The matter is currently being reviewed collectively by the conference office and both institutions as the safety of our student athletes, staff, and fans is our primary concern. It's being reviewed. I mean, this team, both of these teams should lose their next game, whoever they play, because... There needs to be quite a few suspensions, at least for a game. I don't know if they're going to do that. We still don't know what cause. I don't know that anyone ultimately cares, but if you're truly involved in, boy, we need to do what's right and send a message, uh, you're both going to take an L in the next game simply because everybody's going to sit. I'm surprised because a lot of the handshake line stuff is forced. A lot of it's fake, too, by the way. Like The coaches at the midfield, for instance, they don't want to shake hands. In fact, we didn't see it in the uh, Super Bowl, but both coaches agreed to it prior to the game that they wouldn't do it. Because the last time that Shanahan lost a read, he stood on the field for nearly 20 minutes before he had a chance to tell to shake hands and say, good game. So Andy Reid said, let's just not do that again. Um, Which I like. Yeah, that's great. Shanahan uh, kind of waved on his way off the field, yeah, but then walked off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, in this case, uh, I see that and I think, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. You know, because there's always that, that one playing high school ball. There's always the one guy on the team, even in practice, he tried to give you a nut shot. Every time with his yeah. knee when he's posting up on the block, he tried to turn and give you a nut shot with his knee every single time. And, you know, there would have, there would be fights two or three times a season based on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just within your own team and own locker room. Well, and we all had the guy, the likes to fight guy yeah. that we played with. Or that the every fake tough time, guy that Yeah, there were one or two out. guys that also you knew, like, they got into it in the game. Yes. Words will be exchanged. Uh, the guy's right behind me. So I better keep walking because they're going to keep talking trash at the end of the, the line. Yeah. You knew what was coming. Like you, you were, could read it like a book. You would the think situation. about you know, having to run laps or do whatever um, uh, during practice the next day yeah. if you did anything in response. Now, I do um, think it is a good lesson teacher for like little kids. Like coaching little kids softball. Like It's good even when the, the, the kids are upset about a loss or whatever to force them to go shake hands. Sure, right? Oh, because yeah, it's like, hey, it, but the contest is over. You got to suck up your pride, and you got to go tell them good game, even if you don't like them. Coaches have to do the same, even when they don't like sure. the other coaches, and go shake their hand and say good job, and then move on. It's a it's a good way to teach lessons, 
But Hutton, I, I know what you're getting at here, and I'm with you that if it's going to be forced and fake into your adulthood, like college basketball is, like post 18, yes, I think that we may need to reevaluate well, some of that. And I'm not trying now, to overreact to one thing. the flip side is just just suck it up and, and get through it without fighting. And, in many cases, in this age of sports that we're in, you want to trade uniforms before you want to do anything else. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, these guys don't want to fight. Do you think Arthur Smith Most wanted, of them. actually wanted to shake hands with Dennis Allen after weeks uh, week eighteen? No, but he went. He was still screaming at him, but he was shaking his hand while he was doing it. Yeah, no, I think he did want to say something to him. So that may be one where he actually liked the chance to go up and sure yell at him. But I mean, it's not like he wanted to shake his hand, you know? Right. Uh, it's just it, I'm, not I'm, in a sportsman type way. Yeah, and I'm maybe there's got to be some history between something here maybe this is a, a huge rivalry who knows but Chad, this I, I, is, this I don't is, know what went on yeah they, and there's still no report as to what it was but i mean they talk trash during the game i think it was simply um guys talk trash like they do sometimes then of a game and you see this you know i mean all over college basketball it happens not all the time but something's going to happen where there's words exchanged and you just happen to come across two teams that are ready to go that were legitimately prepared to fight and that's what they did yeah, this is uh, uh, in the handshake line, Chad. That, it, not even during the game. Four-point loss for uh, Incarnate Word. Wild brawl. I mean, just it's fun to just Google this. I looked up the history. History history in athletics between Incarnate Word and Texas Commerce. Texas A&M Commerce. Is there bad blood? No, it's just everything references one show. So this one uh, fight. So I didn't... Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming this isn't a, a historical uh, long rivalry. I don't know. They have history now. Oh, and yeah. And they'll... I, what happened post game? It's not like you. It's not like they're going to have a ton of security there. Well, there's got to be like one local newspaper beat writer that's on that game at yeah. least. Yeah, that has to go get a quote it. from. A, has to go get a quote from a coach. Maybe you would think so. The coach have to react, but apparently they just decided to let that official statement speak for itself. Uh, apparently Mike Trout is totally cool uh, with. Uh, he's happy with the Angels. I mean, this is no interest in requesting to trade. Happy with the Angels uh, currently, uh, you know, that missing a huge window of opportunity, not just with Trout, who's one of the best, period, uh, but with Otani on the, on the roster, too. We, everyone knows that they, <laughs> they did not capitalize on the historical significance of what was going on there between the two teammates. But he's, he told the media that he's content in Anaheim, and being traded would be the easy way out is the way he phrased it. I respect that. Um, he's also in the middle of a... A 12-year contract where he's getting like 426.5 million, 426, um, and he's got it guaranteed. But great, but he would have that guaranteed if he went and played for a contender as well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally cool with this. Uh, with Mike Trout, he sees some loyalty to them. I think loyalty is lost in pro sports a lot of times for people either chasing the biggest dollar figure or chasing wins. Clearly, he had no problem chasing dollars. Uh, which he's well, he making from it. the Angels. Yeah, he earned it. But, I mean, I'm, I have no issue with that. But he's also saying, I'm, I'm cool staying here. I like the organization. Likes living in Southern California. I have no problem with it. The Anthony Rendon part of this, when you read further down in the Fox Sports story, yeah. where um, you know he's making $245 million. Okay, seven years, $245 million. He has not played in more than 58 games in his four years oh. with the Angels because of injuries. Okay, that's, that's the most he's played in a season. 162 games in a season. 58 is the most games he's played in a year. And he is making $245 million. Signed with them after he won a World Series with the Washington Nationals. So when he, his quote at spring training is, 
yeah, this is just a job to me. Baseball has never been a top priority. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before the job. Um, I like that when I signed the contract, I'm loyal. I want to win a championship here. That, but that part... I'm not talking about Trout. Oh, you're talking about Rendon? I'm talking about Rendon. Oh. Rendon said, this is a oh, job. God. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first. Again, Mike Trout is one thing. This guy has not played this- in more than 58 games. In a four-year, and he's currently in the midst of a $245 million contract, his priorities are in line. I don't know that I would say that if I have not played more than 58 games in a season. And then they asked, well, is this a priority at all? Well, a reporter asked after that. He said, oh, it's a priority for sure because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? That was his response. I mean. I don't love that if I'm a big Angels person, but, but whatever. You know, the loyalty also goes both ways from the Angels' perspective, too, to Trout. You know, that's what sucks. He's, he's got the comment that he wants to win a championship here, and I'm, I'm come on. It's not going to happen. He's been in one playoff series. Eight consecutive losing seasons. Brutal. One, one playoff se- no, he's uh, also season. Been, he's also been in hurt. His 13, but. He started playing at 19, I think, with the Angels, so it's 13 years with the team. He's a great example. One playoff series. One of the best players, period. Mm-hmm. How much do we really know about Mike Trout? None. Isn't that awful? None. I mean, and, and the problem is, it's not just because he's with the LA Angels. It's, it's, it's just, a baseball problem. Yeah, but it's also you know ESPN would have him on their their featured game more often if you know if we had the Wednesday night doubleheader and they were actually winning games. And you don't hear a single bad thing about the guy. No, but I don't hear anything about the guy. That's no. the problem. I only see him at Top Golf hitting just bombs he can, over the he net. He can bomb at, at Top Golf. <laughs> I know. I think that guy does hit up every top golf at every road trip yeah. he goes on. That's that's the stop for the Angels slugger. Speaking of road trip, uh, we'll uh, check in on uh, Machine Gun Kelly coming up in like 30 minutes. But uh, it's time to hop on the bus, on the bus, off the bus with Davey Hudson. What's up, gentlemen? Hello, Davey. Going down this list, we will be touching on Mike Trout in this version of On the Bus, Off the Bus. Okay. But we started earlier in the show discussing Rick Pitino, and so we're going to go to New York and Rick Pitino retires before year four with St. John's. I'm off the bus with this. Rick Pitino is, he has the power at St. John's. I mean, uh, listen to some of the comments. He, and by the way, he has said that he's totally happy with the decision that he made uh, with the, the coaching St. John's. And this is a day or two after he made the comments that he's not happy with his current roster. And he says, we've got to get some things changed. But he's mentioning academics in that publicly. And we all knew this would happen, too. I think they're actually going to invest in Rick Pitino. Yeah, I'm off the bus, too. Look, I think anyone who... Didn't he go to Greece for a short time when he had the scandal at Louisville and coached? It was Greece or Italy he went to for a short time. Either way, someone who's willing to do that, to go to Europe to coach ball, and then come back and coach at Iona the way he did... He wants to coach ball. Now. 71 years old. Okay. That's what I'm going to mention. Yeah. Is he going to retire was the question from Davey. I don't think it's going to be a firing at all. Uh, but I think he's going to serve out at least his contract and coach until he's 75. So I'm off the bus. I think he stays. He was in Greece, Chad. Greece. So, thank you. Yeah. I thought it was Greece. But that's, uh, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think he'll make it to year four. We'll see what happens, guys. Well, you said he's going to quit because he doesn't like the situation. Well, you said I, retire, though. Right? 
Yes. Well, I don't. I don't think he has another stop in him after this. But I, I think now, if you're asking me, like, if he's got a, a Porcini's uh, visit, like, that's different in my mind. Yeah. Just does the, he have an NCAA he, scandal or is something? Is he retiring? Before, uh, I don't think he's retiring. I, I just based off the way in which he was discussing everything. I know he was calm and collected and saying it. I think it's going to get to him before he's able to get to year four, and I just don't think he's going to be able to turn that program around. He did say it's not taking the job or St. John's. They've been fine. It's this team. And I also wonder, kind of our Dion discussion, does putting that stuff out there publicly help you in the transfer portal or hurt you? Because he is saying there's opportunity here for you. Yeah, he's saying his this team. This dude can't do anything. He's not laterally his quick. His team is the problem, not the program. i got to go back in the transfer portal and get the right guys, even though he brought these guys on. He's stating publicly, these dudes can't get the job done. I'm going to go find guys who can. Oh, and he's even so mentioned the guys he didn't bring him. in. Right. Which yeah. has to be illegal. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Being illegal has never stopped. Who's going to stop anyone Rick Pitino. Yeah. Uh, Pitino's familiar. The man provided hookers for his team, yeah. for God's sake. Ta- talking about the, the worst year is, is this year. is very gray with yes. Rick. Well, guys, Rick is familiar with Boston, Massachusetts, and that's where we're going next. LeBron James, we don't know how much more time he's got left in the NBA, but Jason Tatum is the next face of the NBA. Uh, I hope not, for the NBA's sake, would be my first uh, statement. I, I, I'm off the bus with this. Jason, Tatum, Jason Tatum's a very good player. Here's what's weird to me. There was, there was an ESPN article out about this, okay? And they went through all the possibilities of guys that it could be. Um, the easy answer to me is Steph Curry as long as he's still playing, but he's 34. He's not going to be around much longer. So you, I guess we're looking for like a younger guy that's going to be around a little bit longer. There was not one mention in this ESPN story. I went back and read through it again to make sure I, my eyes were not deceiving me. Okay. There was not one mention of the two-time reigning Let's most go. valuable player. Nikola Jokic is the face of the NBA whenever he leaves. There wasn't one mention at ESPN about him being the face. They just won a title. He's back-to-back MVP. He's 29 years old. I know he looks 50, but the man is 29 years old. He's your face of the league. Well, but the fact he's not mentioned to me says he's not the face of the league. Here's the thing. The faces of the NBA are old. So it's going to be Steph Curry or Kevin Durant. It will be. Now, they're roughly the same age, I believe, but I, I see them both in the league whenever LeBron steps away. Uh, now, after that, if we're just looking at the younger group, it's uh, Luka Doncic, it's uh, Giannis, it's... Wimby is the guy Wim- they're putting a lot of hope Wimby, in. Wimby's a good example, yeah. But, I mean, uh, I, I, I see a lot of other names here, but, I mean, it's going to be Steph Curry or Kevin Durant because they've been the number two or number three behind LeBron, period. And the stars are still, you know, the 14-time All-Star. That are starting in the you know the shoot around that is now the NBA All Star game. Uh, Davey, you're you're more of an NBA guy than us. What should we be excited about? Like who who should've. is the next guy? Your your boy Paolo Boncaro from Duke. He's with an All Star, but he's not the face of the league. Like, uh, that's, that's what the thing I, don't, that, I don't know who who I I would even root for to be the face of the league. Mac McClung <laughs> of he's the Osceola Magic. Four, yes. four games. I believe to this point. His next his next question, who's the face of the G League moving forward once Mac McClung gets yeah. an NBA gig? Fine. Not, not going that far. I, I don't have a good answer. I do know good Jokic doesn't want to be the face. Like he doesn't even want to play basketball. 
He's just ready to get back home to Serbia and race horses. Like, that's all face. he cares and about. And I got I love the guy even more for this yeah. reason. Like he's such a reluctant hero. He's not the hero that we're asking for. He's the hero <laughs> that we all need. And I want the NBA to need that heroic behavior. Somebody, if it's not Steph and it's not Durant, somebody better step up because it's about to be Bronny and Vegas. Well, it, I mean, you're right. It's those two guys, but they're not going to be around that much longer. So who is the next the, young guy? I don't know. Yeah, the main reason for the question is just because there is no clear-cut answer. And it's I think it's a, it's a good debate to have. And it's one we're going to be having because LeBron's not going to be around much longer. Uh, but neither's well, the dunk contest, so I can't no. be McClung. And based on what I've seen from his son, Bronny, he ain't going to be around no. long in the league once he gets there either. He may be around about as long as his dad is playing with him for a year or two. Well, guys, our next stop, we're going to Chicago. And right now, they don't have a face of their team. And all indications are Justin Fields is going to be out. But Justin Fields will prove the Bears wrong in picking Caleb Williams over him. Yes, I'm on the bus with this. Uh, because Justin Fields needs a reset. I hope he gets traded for his sake. Um, and Caleb Williams, if he is indeed going to be drafted by Chicago... He's going to be in a new system in year two. And Justin Fields would be traded to a team where that team is going to invest in him and as a talented roster enough to want to win now. Chicago's about to go through some uh, bumpy stretches uh, organizationally, uh, structure-wise, with ownership. Plus, we know the roster isn't up to par, despite all the money they've had in recent uh, off-seasons. Chad, I'm on the bus with this. I think Justin Fields ends up being uh, the better solution for another team that Chicago should end up keeping and paying instead of going the rookie route because you're going to reset everything structurally uh, with the coaching staff after this year. I think uh, we'll see Iberflus fired. Um, I, I'm on the bus with an addendum. Okay. Only if Justin Fields lands in a much better situation for him than he did with the Bears. So if he moves on, if, if the Bears move on from him, let's say, and yep. Caleb Williams is the pick, if, if he's got to go to the right spot that understands who he is as a quarterback, where he can win, that's got a great defense. I think it's very specific. I don't think Justin Fields is a star anywhere. I just don't. So if he lands in the right spot, yeah, he's going to make them look stupid. I think a Jared Goff with Dan Campbell, right? Jared Goff gets traded to other teams, that don't have the cap room and the draft picks and can't build quickly and build a team around him quickly. The Rams, you know, the Rams don't look stupid either way for Stafford because the Super Bowl, but right. it, they look really smart because he's doing nothing at some other place. But he went to the right spot for him. I'd say the same for Fields. So if he goes to the right place, I'm on the bus. What about I, Fields with Washington with Terry McLaurin and Jahan, uh, Jahan Dotson paired with him? Kingsbury. What's that? Kingsbury. And Kingsbury. Hey, we have some uh, social media interaction to your last question, Davey. Oh, yeah? A Big Red writes in and says the correct answer for the face of the NBA was supposed to be Zion Williamson. If he reaches his, quote, potential, it'll be Zion. It could be Ja. Is yeah. he, he still playing? If, if Ja kept everything on the – Ja Morant's a good one. It could be him. It could have been him. Let me say that. You're right. And the only thing holding him back would have been playing for Memphis and but, not a bigger market. But it, and all this stuff not happened, the suspension, was, that would have been – I didn't even think about him, but that would have been the name immediately. It, it, that he was, that, we, that's why with. everything is so massive for him. And let me also say, the face of the NBA right now is the Kentucky Wildcats. They had seven All-Stars. The previous record, I believe, was four by any, by any program. Kentucky's current team crazy? at last check had three – looked at a mock draft, three of the top 12 picks overall on this current Kentucky team. 
It's seven all-stars. That, and they're way ahead of their time because they're already not playing defense, just like they don't in the NBA. So they're really getting ready for the NBA by refusing to play so defense. another way Caitlin Clark's Iowa guys are uh, yeah. affecting the game. Tell that to the Wildcat fans. That That's what they get to hang their hat on now. They've not won a tournament game in what? Four years? Or Big Carl Anthony game? Towns, guys. That's all the Wildcats are now. They're just huge Carl Anthony Towns fans. That's what they get to hang their hat on. Uh, but real quick, back to the Justin Fields point. Yes. I, I think it's simple. You don't even have to do anything at the next level if you're Justin Fields to prove the Bears wrong. All you have to do is not hit on Caleb Williams because if Caleb Williams is not successful, the trade package they could have gotten around getting rid of that first overall pick would have been massive. That's true. And so we're going to be going back to the what conversation. Um, I mean, well, I mean, if, if he hits, but it's just whoever they end up taking at number one has to hit for them because yeah. if not, we're just going to be back in the Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes draft. They could have had the other it's guy a, that's going to be successful. Yeah, it's, a, it's weird because they, tra- they, they, they didn't change head coaches. And if you change head coaches, you can you can go into a different path. To me, it just it, you're you're setting yourself up if you go the rookie route to just you're not going to keep the same offense coordinator, the same staff, right? You're going to you're going to hire an offensive minded head coach who's probably going to call plays in Chicago. That's that to me is just a weird one foot in, one foot out on a rookie, especially Caleb Williams, whose dad is going to be pissed off about it. And guys, finally, Houston will win the Big 12 regular season championship, noting that this is their first year as a member of the Big 12. Uh, I'm on the bus with this. Here's what's crazy about the Big 12. Really good basketball league, top to bottom. They've got really good depth and some really good teams. Maybe their two best teams, certainly two of the four best, are two new conference members. BYU is currently 10th in the net rankings. And not a team that you immediately think about a Big 12 squad – but BYU now in the Big 12, Houston right up there for a number one seed. I think Houston wins the conference, and this is a sneaky, really good basketball league this year with Iowa State. Yeah, it is. It was a good uh, game last Kansas night. Kansas is going to be fine. Uh, the, the, they'll be right there also. So this is a Baylor is going to be a three seed and they, right now. That's, that's it's a Houston's good league. next game, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, Baylor it's a really this, fun this league this year. Uh, I'm on the bus with this too because what their previous games in conference, what was the stat last night they threw up about the how they had won and the, the, the margin of victory? They're just very consistent. Now, they're consistent in the win call. They're inconsistent where they're very streaky as well. I don't, I don't want to trust them, but I'm trying to buy in. But they're going to win the regular season, Davey, to your point. Yes, I'm on the bus with the uh, the Cougars basketball program. And we're on the bus with Trey Wallace Hutton joining us uh, when we come back to talk some college sports. Trey uh, has been patiently waiting on a judge. So have we. We'll get the very latest on the NCAA. So much deliberation going on. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and a, a federal judge about an injunction for the state of Tennessee and the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, plus, we will get into, Chad, a transfer portal opening that may be massive, that may be the craziest we've seen. That's next with Trey. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. It is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here at outkick.com slash watch. Outkick.com also where you can find the great work from Trey Wallace, who joins us. He's the senior reporter for all things college football. Trey, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Yeah, it's going good. There's never an off day in college athletics, man, with um, CFP meetings going on this week. And yep. 
Florida State and ACC complaining to each other about how much money they're going to spend to get out of a contract. Man, fun days. Uh, you're also monitoring Judge Clifton Corker and uh, whatever <laughs> what he's contemplating right now. A, a federal judge who, uh, or district judge who uh, had a four-hour window blocked off for a hearing about an injunction uh, with uh, the NCAA and the state of Tennessee and the Commonwealth of Virginia. Took all of 90 minutes. You were there to cover it, and we're still waiting on whatever ruling is, is going to come of this. Yeah, I, I, it was an hour and 10 minutes. It was, I didn't even make 90 minutes. Okay. It was, uh, yeah, no, no, no. And, and so, I, so I asked somebody about this last night, two lawyers in the, that are familiar with NCAA matters. And, you know, I asked him for a time frame, And he said, look, this wasn't going to come out within three days. Like the judge was going to do his due diligence, read other cases if need be, study up on what both sides presented, uh, and, and then put forth, you know, whether or not they rule with the two states on the injunction, because no matter what, I think we're probably going to a trial here. We're going to, we're going to go to court. There's going to be depositions going to be discovery. If, I will say though, if it, if it goes in the favor of the States, the NCAA might, you know, I, I don't know, throw this one down the road a little bit, maybe try to to come up with some rules in the meantime, uh, that, that both sides could have agreed, could agree with on this one. Okay, but yeah, I, I kind of expected Jonathan to be honest with you. Like I, I didn't, I got, I would rather to come out like last Friday and some big news dump and we get this thing over and like get things well, moving forward to spring, but I get it. I'm just kind of reacting as if what's taking so long, given his statement on the previous hearing that he, that he ruled on where he said, right. Hey, if you take this further, you're likely to win. Well, then You've already you're already on that path. Um, I, I wonder what he's he's looking over, and I hope he kind of gives some some insight into that. And and, and I think he will. Um, and and again, speaking with some folks, I, I think that what you see is ruling. He's going to go in depth on why he did this. It's not going to okay. be, hey, I just rule in favor of these two states. And 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 I'll and I'll give him a little bit of credit when it comes to timing. It's only been technically three days. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then yesterday was a holiday, a government holiday. So technically it's been three, four days now. Um, but I I I would expect something either by the end of this week or early next week. Um, and I think that's when the ball gets rolling when it comes to this crazy NIL circle that we're about to enter in the spring portal period. Trey, I know you're working on a piece right now for Outkick.com about the ACC, what it could look like post-Florida State being a part of that conference. Um, it's an, I, I can't wait to read it because it's an interesting thought about what any of these other conferences look like post-Big Ten SEC cooperation that we're seeing now to form whatever college football is going to become. What do you think about ACC, really any conference, in light of that and what this whole Florida State ACC divide means for both the Seminoles and the conference? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and I think it's going to come down to, you know, what is the the monetary value of Florida State's television rights? And, and that's how they're going to get out of this situation. Um, the NCAA in a filing last Friday put it in there, you know, it was a couple sentences long, but put it in there, you know, pretty much saying, Hey, we're up for negotiation when it comes to your rights uh, and your broadcast rights. Now that could range anywhere between 175 million to $400 million. It all comes down to what they look at and what they decide on. Hey, this is the monetary worth of Florida state athletics, not being broadcasted on uh, through the ACC on ESPN and whatnot. 
I think the the bigger outcome of this whole situation is because Florida State's made it known they're done with the ACC. They're gone. Now, to me, it all depends on is this going to be in 2025 or is it going to be in 26 that they that they technically start with a new conference? I think they could join a new conference before then. But you're seeing the SEC and the Big Ten be pretty silent on this. You haven't heard Tony Petiti or Greg Sankey come out and say, yeah, you know, we'd be interested in Florida State if that happened. No, it's been quite the opposite. No, we're not looking at expanding anymore. Look what we just did. But here's the situation. If Florida State gets out and they pay the amount of money that I, 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 I'm pretty sure they're going to pay to get out of the ACC, then you're going to start seeing a ripple effect. Okay. It's going to be like the coaching search we we just had, you know, over the last month. Okay. Who goes with them? Is Clemson going to go with them? Is North Carolina going to go? Virginia Tech, Miami, do they try to find ways out of, of the current grant of rights and, and pay that amount of money? Because what Florida State is going to pay, it's pretty much going to set up every school to say, okay, well, if we've got this type of money, let's put it towards and maybe let's see if the Big Ten or the SEC is interested. I know the Big 12 is out there. I get that. But I think it would have to be a lower tier school in the ACC that would join the Big 12. I, Greg Sankey, he can come out and say if, if he wants to, or he doesn't have to. He does not want to see Florida State end up in the Big Ten. He would love to keep this Southern demographic and keep Florida State in this area. And if you go up to the Big Ten, that means the Big Ten's dipping into the state. Things get a little crazy when it comes to television, when it comes to recruiting. There are Big Ten ADs and presidents out there that would not like to see that happen. Um, when it comes to the SEC blocking off Florida State, you would like to leave options open. Here's the other situation, too, is you look at the schools that were just added. I mean, we just added four schools to the Big Ten this cycle. The SEC has been waiting on Texas and Oklahoma now for three and a half years. They're finally in. If you add Florida State, you're probably going to most likely have to add another school. So who would the other school be from potentially the ACC that you would bring in one of these conferences? You're not going to offset them by bringing in just one. So I think the bigger picture here is if Florida State figure out their monetary buyout with the grant of rights, who comes with them? Is it going to be Clemson? You know, do they decide, okay, let, let's make this move with them, or is it Miami? I think to me, Chad, that is the bigger equation out of all of this because we already know Florida State, from what they have said, they're done with the ACC. The other thing, Trey, though, is like who's coming with them. I would say who is already with them. And right now, I'm surprised we don't, we don't have that. Uh, simply because you're going to set the bar in this negotiation of the exit fee. It's at, what, $120 million roughly right now? Um, I think the whole buyout of everything is going <laughs> to range between 175 and probably 400 somewhere in the middle. So it, the it leaving early just for the grant of rights, and then there's some other things too. Uh, look, it, it goes through 2036. Right. Uh, I'm also looking at it from this perspective. You need two programs, right, to, to match up if you're going to go to another conference. That's another reason to partner with Florida State right now. You, you, you negotiate this buyout, whatever it is. The ACC is willing to do it despite a 2036 agreement. And I would, want to, I would want to partner with that knowing that the conference has already come back and they're, they're having this conversation instead of a lawsuit. I... Yep. I tend to think I would if I'm looking to go to the Big Ten of the SEC. Now's the time to partner with the Seminoles, not later. Jonathan, I, I I'm going to give you a little uh, correlating kind of situation. Look at the lawsuit going on right now with the state of Tennessee and Virginia. Sure. Okay, against the NCAA. 
Look at what's going on with Florida State. I think, this is my opinion, speaking with a couple of folks about it, I think there are schools in the ACC waiting to see what happens with Florida State, letting them handle the monetary sum of whatever that's going to be to leave, and then you will see another school jump into the situation. I don't think uh, I don't think another school right now I'm trying to be no, interesting I, with my words okay. here. I'm trying to I don't think another school right now wants to jump into the situation in the antitrust lawsuit. By the way, that's going on in the state of North Carolina and there's a lawsuit going on in the state of Florida. So there's two different lawsuits right now. I don't think another school wants to jump in, but I think wink wink, once this thing is kind of settled with Florida State, you're going to see another school jump in, and that's where we'll go forward when it comes to where do those two go and which conference is willing uh, to pony up the money. Just the, I mean, just on the simple fact that the ACC, it's out that they're going to talk about this, right, tells yes. me that it, the, the antitrust lawsuit and, and things that are going on as well uh, with Florida State and the conference, uh, we know we know Clemson is is thinking this way. That's there's no secret. We heard that at spring meetings a year ago. Um, I, I wouldn't want to wait and see what happens because if you wait, you're going to watch another program take your spot if you really want to elevate. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't dis look, I don't disagree with you on that part. I, I also look at it from who's a big enough fish right now that would be hey, joining Florida unless, State. Unless they think Florida State's going independent for a while. That's the only there you go. Yeah, that's that's the only way you would just stay where you are. There you go. Do you go to the Notre Dame route in this situation when it comes to overall athletic? Even though I know they have their little contract sure. with the ACC. Sure. But yes, there there could be a factor in, in play there, which could be also let let you know that could be a bridge for two years. Let's just no doubt, say, no doubt, until the SEC or the Big Ten is ready, because we all know what's about to go down with the SEC and the Big Ten. They're about to run college football. This this is yes. how it's going. The meetings tomorrow, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to walk in. They're going to put their book bags down. They're going to say, okay, we want more money than you guys are getting. We want a little bit more better when it comes to voting rights than you guys are getting. I mean, they had to pay off the Pac-2 today just to get them to agree to this new playoff format. Give them a couple million dollars. Okay, y'all be quiet. Go over there. You get a little money on the side. I just, right now, college football is so out of whack when it comes to where we're at in the situation from a monetary standpoint. That's why I think down the road, like you just said, it could be a bridge to set up a bidding war between the two big conferences. Trey, if we all agree, SEC and Big Ten will run the future of college football, yep. then why, oh, why does Desiree Reed Francois, the athletic director at an SEC institution, leave Missouri after three years to take the job at Arizona facing a $177 million budget deficit mm that caused them to freeze all spending. They're talking about cutting athletic programs because they're so badly in debt. In debt, They just lost Jed Fish to Washington also. This was a stunning move to me, and now Missouri has an athletic director opening. And by the way, that's the second Missouri athletic director that's bolted for a technically Big 12 school uh, in the last eight years. So not having good luck when it comes to keeping their athletic directors around, especially at a time where Missouri athletics kind of looking decent. I mean, football wise, you're looking decent. I know basketball is where they are, but Dennis Gates will be back next year. Baseball. You're okay. I mean, you, you've got some swag, but to lose that to Arizona, to me, does she, it feels like she is a project builder. 
um, go in there, turn a program around, see a deficit. Missouri had some problems before she, she got she there. She likes as a challenge. Well. She likes a challenge. She, she also likes- may like the desert. I, I don't know. It could be a lifestyle thing. Columbia, Columbia Missouri is too cold for. Yeah, I don't. I have no clue. Fun. Right. You know, it is what. But from what I can gather, is is, is kind of what I just said. More or less, sees a problem. Let me go in here and try to fix it for a couple of years. Build something up. Build the pro. You know, should to be honest, we didn't think of think about her 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 reputation if she can go in there and turn Arizona around the same way. I might. I'll just I'll kind of make a correlation a little bit. The same way Danny White turned Tennessee's mess around in their athletic department. Now it wasn't as bad as Arizona's dealing with right now, but he came in and there was a negative balance in his reserve bank. So you you look at where they are now. I I just personally feel like. That move and talking with some Missouri folks, it did catch a lot of people off guard, um, and it's going to make for some interesting times when it comes to coaches that maybe aren't performing well enough, and especially they just gave the basketball coach $5 million yesterday in a new contract, her first day on the job. So interesting time. Well, maybe they were just waiting her approval. She had to come in and, and sign they, it. Yes. A lot of interim right. ADs don't actually sign off on anything, right? That was a president decision, I guess, at Arizona. We're gonna even though they don't right, have the right. money to spend. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, but just write that down on paper. Five million, yeah. you'll That's, get it. We promise we're good for it. We're we'll good. have to find a way to make that money back. Brett you're gonna get that tells money, us Tommy. We're, we're okay. Yeah. But I this, mean, well, it's just, have you seen look, the new television the contract? We're gonna we're gonna have that money for you, Tommy. We promise. It's an athletic director situation that I think is a heck of a lot better than what's going on probably four miles away from you guys right now uh, at Vanderbilt, where I, I do think that they should be looking for a new head when men's basketball coach next year and get rid of Jerry Stackhouse, but that's probably a discussion well, for another Well, the crazy thing about that, though, Trey, is we don't even know what the buyout is, right? Like, it's, I, I, everyone agrees. I've heard like, 10. If, if it's doable, you, you fire him, but. What's the average for basketball coaches? That's a, that's a big buyout for a basketball coach if it's 10. But yeah, well, that yeah, does a, make sense because they just extended extended them. them. Yeah, right. Exactly. So you're adding a little bit onto it and talking with some folks over there too. And, you, and you're seeing this right now in college basketball when it comes to these extensions, when it comes to these high price contracts. You know, and and you know, yes, everybody over there is is pretty unhappy with things going. Hell, it sounds like Rick Pitino is unhappy with what's going on right now in, in college basketball. Was his rant the other day that didn't do him any good. Uh, when it comes to promoting the program. So we're in a weird stage, guys. Yeah, Bob. Stackhouse earned around uh, an estimated $84 million in salary during his pro career. <laughs> now consider what the what? NBA guys are getting now. Well, and, and here's another thing to think about. Paid $10, million $10 million to, to, fail. Yeah, to fail. I mean, but is he, that, is he the only coach in the state that's going to be without a job after this season. Penny Hardaway's really just flushed things down the tank at Memphis um, this year as well. I, I think college basketball, I think you're going to so, see, I'm sorry, I think you're going to see a lot of decisions being made this offseason about what the future looks like for coaches and contracts because of what we have when it comes to realignment in college athletics as a whole as well. So uh, Penny's making around $2.7 million per season at Memphis. I, I, I don't I, think they'll fire him. Well, but ever. also I, so I don't, I don't know why Stackhouse hasn't gone the NBA route in some way already. Uh, Chad and I have discussed this off air. Penny will have a parachute. Yes. He will, he will, he will leave. He won't and get go fired. To the G league in my opinion, or be well, an assistant coach. And then one day potentially be a head coach. And that's fine. Jerry Stackhouse is running the Vanderbilt basketball program into the ground. Yeah. In, 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 and you know, Whatever. If they don't want to come out and make things public, that's fine. But I, 
in a year where we have seen changes already being made at Ohio State, I think there is a big change or potential hire that could be made in Louisville in a couple months. Keep a lookout on Eric Musselman, who's at Arkansas right now for that Louisville job. Could be very interesting when it comes to the college basketball realm uh, in the next two to three months. Um, so Nick Saban, a ripple effect yeah. just with the, co- the coaching uh, carousel that we're seeing. What about yep. from the behind-the-scenes collective aspect of what Alabama uh, has tried to do or maybe hasn't done and what they're trying to save since Saban's not there as the head coach? You know, the craziest thing happened last night, guys. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I knew Nick Saban was in Birmingham last night at the Legacy event. He was giving away award. The Beamers were there. Um, so he gives up, gives a big speech about trying to help college football, and he's going to work with Greg Sankey to make things happen and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, around two minutes after he stepped off the stage, the Alabama collective announced, and, and I, I want to be in, write my words here, Aaron Suttles, who runs the, he is the director of content for Alabama's collective. Okay. Put out online that Keon Sav, Michigan transfer was heading to Alabama. So pretty much what you had is you had a collective announcing that a transfer portal player was coming to a school. Same thing that kind of happened with Caleb Downs at Ohio State. I think what we're seeing with a ripple down effect when it comes to Alabama is they have never had to do anything like this in in the three years, let's just say three years of NIL. You haven't seen them have to promote on social media, uh, head coach gathering, sign up for $18 a month and be able to listen in on this Zoom with Kaylin DeBoer and and, and Nick Sheridan, the, the OC, um, you haven't seen Alabama. I even asked Alabama about this yesterday. They didn't get back to me. Alabama is 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 sponsoring with Netflix to run avatar commercials on their Alabama football social media account. Like, yeah, there's a lot of different things that are going, and I'm not hating on that. I'm just, we're in a new age right now of, of, of Alabama football. I think that there are a lot of different programs around the country that felt the effect of Nick Saban, obviously. I think when it comes to what Alabama's doing and their collective, I think it, it it was a kind of a shot to the face, to be honest with you, of realization of, wait a minute, like we don't have the big boosters that are willing to give this money because Nick will call them up and say, hey, look, we need two or three million. You could help out. That'd be great. They got to get to know Kaylin DeBoer. They got to get to trusting him. You saw this collective of EA Alabama come out with this just crazy marketing campaign. Like it was in your face and it's something that they had to come up with in a sense of, okay, we haven't had to do this in the past. We better start doing it now. We better start raising some money because we're not getting the Saban discount that we got in the past. We're going to have to pay. So I I just, I find it all fascinating to me uh, to watch Alabama in this new era. Guys, they were making a big deal out of this in the state of Alabama yesterday that a head coach tweeted for the first time ever in the last 18 years, ever since X or Twitter has been formed, a head coach was putting something on social media. That's where we're at right now when it comes to Alabama football. In a nutshell, a lot of craziness and turnover around what's going on with Kalen DeBoer, who I think will do a good job. Trey, thank you as always, man. We love the content. We'll continue to read your work at OutKick. Guys, enjoy the show. Always enjoy coming on. Keep up the great work. Thanks for having me. Yep, Appreciate this, you, uh, Trey. Trey Wallace. Uh, enjoy uh, Trey's uh, uh, work at outkick.com.
I would not enjoy 44 needles for a tattoo that would be required no. that Machine Gun Kelly uh, has uh, with his new tattoo. Um, yeah, brutal. Check this out, Chad. Your thoughts. Uh, what is the tattoo? It's, it's the all the, the ink, I'm guessing, or is that paint? I'm, no, I'm confused about what I'm looking at. This looks like the straight ink. The Spider-Man when he went dark in the Tobey Maguire version of Spider-Man is what I'm looking at. Uh, he said uh, that he did this for spiritual purposes only. Um, how is this not cancelable? Right? This is well, black body that he's doing. Not well, black face, but black yeah. body is what he's going with here. No, no one's, no one's outraged about this? No. That's I mean, point. Deadspin uh, tried to just uh, well, you know, kill a kid for putting a little bit of black face paint on, even though well, he's Native American, to go to a Chiefs game, right? Yeah, you're right. This guy's covered his entire torso in black paint. Well, Sean Strickland's here for you, because uh, prior to this debut of the tattoo, he's, uh, Machine Gun Kelly was out in uh, Vegas. This was the slap fight night on yeah. Friday night. And uh, no, Sean no, Strickland, former, former UFC champ, went up to uh, that slap fight, went up to Machine Gun Kelly, was introduced to him, I think. And uh, the quote after, because they were going back and forth, uh, Strickland says, introduces me to, to the vampire. He's talking about Machine Gun Kelly. And I'm, I made fun of him. I'm like, dude, what are you effing wearing? Like, what the F is going on here? How are you doing this? And he looked at me. He didn't laugh. He didn't giggle. But he looked at me and said, why is this guy with no respect talking to me like this? He looked at me like I was less than human. Machine Gun Kelly did? Yeah, that's what he said. He said, you know what? I'm going to humble you right now. And then my girl kind of got in the way and was like, chill out. And then I was escorted out. Megan Fox got in the way or the other guy's no, girl? Strickland's girl, I guess. Okay, Strickland's girl. Don't know. Isn't, Power Slap will bring it out, though, man. Isn't Megan Fox into some vampire-type stuff, too? Clearly. I think they're into some, some weird stuff. I, I, I see that photo, and I think definitely a lot into of, some weird stuff. A lot of people into weird stuff. But that's, yeah. yeah. I mean. I saw that they were at the same Super Bowl party that Kelsey and Swift attended. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. You know, it was not there, Kanye. Kanye, Kanye was definitely not there. Was Katy Perry? Wasn't Katy Perry involved in some way in Kanye's She was ticket? mentioned. She was mentioned. She was sitting around there. She was mentioned. Okay. But Kanye was trying to sit in front of Taylor. Uh, it's hard to keep it all straight. Taylor. I know. It is. Uh, so was NIL. Good segue. The only thing we have it's is... great segue. The only have I love that segue. Keep it straight is you can do whatever you, you want You know what to you right can't now. keep straight? The fact that we're going to be right back here. What's In on? this spot, what's on tomorrow, four to six p.m. Eastern time. Outkick.com slash watch. And ready to bang hats. Hot mic with Hunter Withrow. Our Join solemn us. promise to you.